One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. Guys, isn't that a sexy beat? (laughs) That is not the normal Everything Iconic music. That is Glass Battles with a song called Lime Green. Now, uh, for the month of June, uh, Pride Month, we are spotlighting indie LGBT artists. So that is Glass Battles with a song called Lime Green. And the lead of Glass Battles is a friend named Sean, and he's just fantastic. He sent me that song. It's brand new, but he sent it to me while I was on a treadmill. I was at the gym, you know? And so I played it, and I immediately started to feel, like, very sexy. (laughs) I was walking different. (laughs) And I love a song, like a moody song, that makes you feel something different, you know? And they have another song that's, like, permanently on my workout playlist called Santa Barbara. So, so good. So check out Glass Battles. You know, it also kind of makes me want drugs. (laughs) Like a weird... You know, I don't do drugs, but it kind of makes you feel that way, right? Like, I was on the treadmill just feeling like I needed a molly. I got home. I got home, you guys, and immediately I was like looking for any sort of drug. <laughs> I was like, hand me a Rolaid and some St. John's wort. I just need to feel distorted because <laughs> like, of that song. I mean, come on, come on. I'm not. I've not experimented with many drugs outside of Rolaids and St. John's wort. <laughs> I mostly kept it to those. You know, I'm just not good with. I'm not too good with an altered state. Like I do like a little wine. You know, that's about it. <laughs> Do you guys remember on Say by the Bell when uh, Jesse Spano had caffeine pills? <laughs> they made it. It was like a whole special episode, and they made her look like she was a complete drug addict. And she was just taking, you know, what was the equivalent of a Diet Coke? <laughs> she just had, she had a Diet Coke to study. And, you know, it was in pill form, and so they, you know, made this whole special episode. It was literally just caffeine pills that she was taking. I mean, we forget, but when, when I was younger, I thought, oh my God, she needs help. <laughs> I hope she gets, I thought, I was worried. I thought, I hope she gets the help she deserves. Jesse Spano, you know, somebody help her out. <laughs> you know, I've been thinking about Saved by the Bell this week because I went to this pop-up restaurant. So you remember on Saved by the Bell how they would always go hang out at the Max? They would have burgers there after school or whatever. Well, they recreated the Max here in L.A., and it's this pop-up restaurant where you can make a reservation and literally go eat at the Max. And my friend got tickets. My friend Jenna, she asked if I wanted to go, and so I went with her and her boyfriend Jono and uh, her friend Jackie, and we had the best time. But they asked if I wanted to go, and I thought, oh, it's going to be like kind of cheap and kitschy, you know? Well, it turns out it was very kitschy, but it was done so well. It was very nice. It, you know, they completely recreated the sets from the show, and you literally felt like you were in the Max. And even the waiters were wearing, like, the the Max outfits, and there were random props everywhere. There was, like, this one area with lockers. You know, they had lockers for everyone in the cast. So the lockers would open, and you could see some props from the cast members. They even had a locker for Tori. Remember Tori, the biker chick? Her props and her locker were just an Indigo Girl CD and a picture of Ellen. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding, but in retrospect, she was a lesbian, right? We can all agree on that, I think. <laughs> and Jesse Spano's locker had empty pill bottles <laughs> from, 
from her caffeine breakdown. But anyway, it was so nice. So if you're in LA, go check it out. It's a little pricey. It was like 50 bucks for tickets, but that includes an entree and an appetizer. So it was really, really fun, I thought, just as a fun night out. And we were talking afterwards. We're like, I wonder what other TV show restaurant replicates they could do. You know, like, wouldn't you love a peach pit pop-up restaurant? I mean, I love 90210. And they could do a Central Park, or a Central Perk, rather, from Friends. And I think they did that in New York, but I'd love to see it out in L.A. But if you're in L.A., go to see it. It's called Saved by the Max. So look up SavedByTheMax.com. You know, and it's self-care. I think in these times, lately, it seems like every time you turn on the TV or if you go on social media, everything seems so dark. I mean, the national conversation is tough. And then, (laughs) guys, not only that, but I had... I had some other tough stuff happen this week because <laughs> I had, I got myself into a pickle. I got myself into a little pickle. And look, it happens, but this particular pickle has never happened to me. It was a tough week. It was a tough week. Let me just back up for a second and say, I have this friend. She's a good friend. Her name is Beth. And ever since I could remember, we basically grew up together. And ever since I could remember, we would get each other's greeting cards for holidays or special occasions or just a thinking of you kind of greeting card. And it became this game where we would try to see who could get the more ridiculous card for the other person. So for instance, for her birthday, I'd get her a card that said, Happy Kwanzaa. You know, or uh, for my birthday, she'd get me a card that says, you know, congrats on your retirement, grandpa. <laughs> you know, so like, like the card that fit the least for the occasion or the most ridiculous or the funniest, that would be the game. We would always try to get the most ridiculous card. And then sometimes, again, it'd be out of the blue. If I'm thinking of her and I see something ridiculous for her, I would get it for her. So the other day I was at the store and I was at this little boutique uh, shop nearby my house. I was just kind of walking, browsing. I saw this card and it made me chuckle. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to get that for her. I've been missing her. She's in Ohio. We don't get to see each other a lot. And then I'm going to miss, I'm missing Beth. I want to send her a card. So I pick up this card and I thought it was so cute. It said, (laughs) it was a picture of someone not wearing. (laughs) It sounds so gross to say it, but it was someone just wearing a shirt, like this kind of like a cartoon man, just wearing a long shirt and no pants. And he was smiling and the card said, smile if you're not wearing any underpants. Right? Like, that's cute. That's cute, right? (laughs) Sounds so so stupid. I mean, he almost looked like he was wearing, like, a a nightie. Like, it wasn't quite, like, nightgown length. Do you remember, did any of you wear, like, a long nightgown? I'm just having a flashback right now as I'm telling this story that I used to wear a nightgown (laughs) when I was a kid. Like, an extra long shirt. I mean, I can't be the only one who wore an extra long shirt to bed. But, you know, I also wore that T-shirt in the pool. (laughs) I digress. (laughs) So anyway, I pick up the card. I didn't want to write anything on the inside. I thought I'd just put it in the envelope and then I'll send it off to her. So I put it in the envelope, put it on my desk, and I didn't have her address. So I just kind of set it on my desk. Then a few days later, uh, unfortunately, my uncle passed away. And that's not the point of this story. And so I don't want, you know, I don't want to bum everyone out. But my uncle had passed away and my aunt, everyone had been expecting it and he hadn't been doing that great for a little while. So anyway, I go to get a sympathy card for my aunt. So I head to the store, I get a sympathy card and all the sympathy cards are all, you know, they're all pretty bleak. It's like dark clouds and like, sorry for my condolences, sending my love, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So I come home and I didn't have her address either, right? So I just stuffed it in an envelope, 
set it on my desk, and I thought, you know, I texted my mom, and I said, you know, send me Anne's address. So as soon as I got it, I figured I'd write it on the envelope. So a little time goes by, and my mom texts me, and I get the address, and I go to write it on the envelope. And then, you know, I text Beth at the same time, and I say, Beth, what's your address? I thought I'd send them together. She didn't text me back right away. So, you know, I only had the one, my Aunt Joanne's card ready, the sympathy card ready. So I go and put it in the mailbox, the outgoing mail. You know, the next day comes and I finally get a text back from Beth and it was her address. And I thought, you know what, there's this funny picture that I wanted to print out and put in the card. So, you know, I print this cute picture of us from back in the day. I thought, oh, I'm going to put it in the card and it'll be like a fun thing. So print out the picture, open up the envelope with Beth's card to stuff the picture in. And as I open up the envelope, it was the sympathy card. I accidentally sent my grieving aunt a card that said smile if you're not wearing any underpants with a cartoon man in a nightgown not wearing any underpants <laughs> I don't I don't I don't know if you guys have ever done this kind of mix up before but I've been on the edge of my seat ever since as far as I'm concerned she has not gotten it yet I don't know that she when she's gonna get it I don't know I'm trying to get it intercepted I'm praying that I wrote the wrong address on it I'm hopeful that, you know, it'll get lost in the mail. All I can tell you is that the card had nothing on the inside. It was simply a cartoon man not wearing any underpants saying, smile if you're not wearing any underpants. And it went directly to my aunt right after her husband passed away. And you guys, it's, that's not okay. That's not okay. It is not okay. I don't know. Part of me thinks that, like, maybe it would be okay. Like, wouldn't it be kind of nice to to get a note like that? But see, here's the thing. You know, the part of me that says, oh, well, maybe that'll be nice that she'll open up a card because she's probably getting all those sympathy cards that are really bleak with the clouds and everything. So I thought maybe it'll actually be a good thing. She'll open it up and it'll be like a nice, a nice little surprise. But then I thought I didn't even write anything on the inside. It just has my return address, and it's a cartoon wearing nighty without any underpants. I mean, what, what is, what's the message there? I, I mean, if, if I wanted to just brighten up her day and send something random, then I should have at least written on the inside to my aunt, like, I'm sorry for your loss. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't even explain myself. So she's going to open it and think I'm just so insensitive. <laughs> and how am I supposed to explain it? Like, there's not, it's hard to explain it. What am I going to, I'll have to send her this podcast and be like, listen. <laughs> but she doesn't, I don't think, she, I don't know. I'm just, uh, I've been on the edge of my seat, you guys. I've been on the edge of my seat. And of course, I'm just going to send the sympathy card to Beth. <laughs> she's, she's getting a card that says, you know, sorry for your loss. That is what it is. And actually, to be honest, I might win the game between Beth and I because that's probably the most ridiculous card I've sent, considering it's for my aunt. <laughs> oh, but I've been so stressed out about it. And, you know, I have a lot going on this week. I have a few new projects I'm working on. And then also, I briefly mentioned this on the show last week, but now Everything Iconic is moving to two days a week. So I'm so excited. We're going to have two episodes a week. And one of those episodes is going to be just how it is now. It's going to be Bravo recaps. It's going to be current pop culture talk and commentary and all that kind of stuff. And then the second episode is going to be about a specific topic. So every Monday there'll be an episode, and then every Thursday there'll be a new episode. Now, again, one will be exactly the same as how we've been doing them. You know, we'll be talking about Roni and, and you know, me sending my grieving aunt a card with a man wearing no underpants on it. <laughs> and 
episodes. So one episode will be exactly how they've always been, and then one episode will be a, a pop deep dive. So I'm calling them a pop dive. So it'll be an episode dedicated exclusively to one pop culture topic. Does that make sense? So I'll still oftentimes have a guest on that one, but we'll just focus on one specific pop culture thing. So this week we're releasing our very first Everything Iconic Pop Dive And you guys, it's so, so good. Oh my God, it's so, so good. I can't wait for you guys to start hearing these. So they're going to be sort of like recaps, sort of like documentaries, sort of like commentary, but it's going to be on one specific topic. The first, everything I kind of pop dive, it's all about the Rosie O'Donnell show. (laughs) So I cannot wait for you guys to hear it. And it's all about the Rosie O'Donnell show. It's not about Rosie O'Donnell in general. It's about the Rosie O'Donnell talk show. So the Rosie O'Donnell show from the 90s. My guest and I, my guest is H. Allen Scott, who he hosts a podcast called You're Making It Worse. He's great, and he's a Rosie super fan, and we really deep dive into the Rosie O'Donnell show, and it's so, so good. So that's going to be the very first Everything Iconic Pop Dive, and then, you know, as they're released you know, in the coming weeks, so we'll have one regular episode and then one Pop Dive episode. So I hope that makes sense. Um, you'll start to see as they're released. I'm super excited because they're going to be fun. And it's going to give an opportunity for me to talk about some of these other things that I want to talk about that we don't get to in the normal shows. And then also it's going to allow me in the normal shows to be able to recap things like The Real Houses of New York and to stay consistent doing that. So I'm super excited. And the reason that we're moving to two shows a week is because the show is moving to Acast. So we are joining the Watch What Crappens boys over at Acast. And it basically doesn't really mean anything for you guys. We are still going to be able to be listened to on whatever outlet you listen to us. So if you listen to us on iTunes or Spotify or Stitcher, we're still going to be in all those places. We are just basically switching hosting services to this new platform called Acast. So we're also going to be available on Acast. So I'm very excited about that. And as of this show, we are on Acast. So anyway, I just want to say uh, welcome to me. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I don't know. While I'm talking about me, let me tell you all to follow me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram and on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash Pellegrino Danny. Please join our Everything Iconic Facebook group. I'll be putting all the announcements and everything for the shows in there and you can kind of stay up to date. And also everyone's just really fun in there. So you should join it. And uh, we're also still going to be doing the Patreon. So if you want to support this podcast, head on over to patreon.com slash everything iconic and donate $4 or more per month to help this podcast and to support the show. And then you'll also get access to all of the exclusive bonus episodes, Real Houses of New York recaps. We're still going to be doing those over on Patreon. And then we're still going to be doing bonus episodes. So along with the Rosie O'Donnell episode, we have a special bonus episode that'll go on Patreon. And so we have all sorts of fun content over there and you help support and make this podcast. So I want to thank you. Without further ado, you guys, I'm going to bring out my guests, and then we have some other Bravo stuff I need to talk about. We got to talk about Dodie. We got a lot to talk about, so I'm going to bring out my guests, and then we'll kind of go through this stuff. Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell, online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, We use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, uh, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but 
migrating is going to be a headache. But Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y.com slash everything iconic. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. uh, So that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Everything Iconic. All right, guys, I'm here with my friend, Michael Ross. He's an Emmy-nominated writer. Hi, Danny. Michael, how are you doing? I'm doing well, and I'm eating too much of the licorice you just put in front of me. Yeah? Yeah. It was so nice to say Emmy-nominated. It felt nice to hear. Yeah. It's still very fresh. It's exciting. Yeah. You are the best, and I'm so excited to get into Real Houses of New York. We're going to talk about Roni. We're going to go through the episode, but before we do, there was a national crisis that happened this week, and of course, I'm talking about... (laughs) Well, there were... (laughs) I I actually should should clear it. There was uh, a few national crises... One of which is the general state of the world. Sure, one of the general state of the world, but also Kristen Doty was allegedly fired from Vanderpump Rules. Not fired, but demoted as a cast member. So it was uh, reported by Radar Online, of course, that she was no longer going to be a full-time cast member. She was just going to be a part-time cast member. And then she came out and said, you know, that's not true, or she said fake news or something like that. Because they're all using that moniker now. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's the thing now, yes. Yeah. But uh, I, can you imagine Vanderpump Rules without Dodie? Well, here's the thing. I feel like even if you get demoted but you're still getting screen time, Luann has shown us that you can sort of win your way back. Mm-hmm. So it just means you have to work extra hard. Right. So like, right. really fight for your screen time. And I kind of think they were setting that up last season because she wasn't filming much at all outside of the group stuff. I don't think well, she had... I wonder if it's, like a, one of the, if it's them kind of being like, this isn't worth our time. Yeah. Yeah, so I actually don't think she's going to be... uh, I think she'll have probably the same amount of screen time as she did last year. I hope, like you said, she'll do something like Luann, where, you know, she'll get in our good graces, she'll do something crazy, and then, you know, she'll be Well, here's my other thing, though. I feel like when there's these rumors that people have been demoted half the time, it's their people... I don't know if she has people. Like I can't imagine <laughs> she, she has does. people. The she people does. I've tried like to... Her roommate. <laughs> I've tried to reach out to them. <laughs> she had, like, her third-grade teacher... 
<laughs> slip something to Radar Online saying, like, Kristen's going to be demoted and hoping the public outcry would, like, twist Bravo's arm. Yeah, I mean, I outcried. I cried. Well, I know. We're doing it right now. It's I know, but it is a it is a, a move to do. And um, so she said it's fake, but I still think she'll probably film as much as she did last season. Well, it would be hard to just, like, remove her from the fabric of mm-hmm. all of that anyway. Like, yeah. I always think it's weird when, like, they just disappear. Well, and also she's, like, supposedly best friends with Brittany. Like, okay. And I think Brittany will probably make her either the maid of honor or definitely in the wedding. And you know we're going to have to sit through that whole wedding oh, stuff. Oh, for sure. Um, That's, like, I feel like that'll be, like, a driving force. And yeah. You'll be sick of hearing about it six yeah. weeks in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in other Vanderpump rules, I'm on that Cameo website, which is really embarrassing. <laughs> oh, but it's not you, right? <laughs> but it's not me. They put up, Somebody put up a picture there. It was Tom Sandoval, and it was my name. It's a Danny Pellegrino podcaster, and I got so excited. <laughs> I was going to say, is that flattering? Is that troubling? Uh, yeah, I think Tom Sandoval is very good looking. He's very good looking. Right? It's hard to see sometimes, but because... Yeah. I've seen him in motion and acting the way he acts, but yeah. <laughs> I like, I love that. I, I'm very attracted to that gap tooth. Fair. I could see that. Not like on Madonna or Willem Dafoe, but. On, <laughs> They're the same person. <laughs> I haven't seen Madonna and Willem Dafoe in the same room in 30 years, so. <laughs> so I'm sticking go. with that. There you go. Okay, we're going to talk in, about Roni, and I guess sort of a good segue is. I want to talk about Luann specifically leaning into her Louis Armstrong bit. <laughs> have you? I can't. I can't even take that seriously. <laughs> have you followed her Instagram story? Like, have you watched any of Luann's? Uh, do you follow it off? Yeah. So she's doing this thing where she's constantly in a fedora. <laughs> she's doing a lot of videos where she's driving around town with like the top down and she's listening to jazz standards really loud. And so we're kind of forced to watch, not forced to watch it. I watch it voluntarily, but we see a lot <laughs> of Luann listening to jazz standards and the other day she posted a video where it was just a close-up of a raccoon and (laughs) (laughs) it was was literally she just was filming a raccoon while listening to Etta James (laughs) or I don't know if it was Etta James but it was like something Etta James-esque and it was 15 seconds it It was was Christina Aguilera's Back to Basics (laughs) candy man (laughs) But she's, like, really leaning into this jazz persona. And at first, I thought this whole thing was very fun. Like, I loved that she was touring, and I love that she's really doing this jazz bit. But now I'm But I don't know that she knows it's a bit. Exactly. This is what's troubling to me. Yeah. I I still blame her for Natalie Cole's death. She forced (laughs) her to perform on television with her, and then Natalie Cole died. Stop. Stop it. (laughs) Natalie Cole was a drug addict, and I still think that was a low moment of her life. Stop Stop it. Whitney's not here, but I'll tell her to edit that out. <laughs> but she's really leading into this jazz thing, and I don't think she knows. I don't. I think she thinks oh, she's I think she thinks James. Legit. She's Miles Davis. I mean, I, I actually hope she thinks that because we'll get more material out of it. <laughs> she looks like very 1980s Michael Jackson. She's always wearing like a white suit. and a, a, I need to pay more attention to this now. Yeah, you have to start watching. I mean, she posted that raccoon video, and then immediately after it, it was like some gays talking to her, and... Okay, so, like, the video started, and I posted this online somewhere, but the video started, and this gay is, like, talking to her in her face, and you can't hear what he says to her, but you hear her say, no shit. Like, really? <laughs> no shit. Okay. No shit. <laughs> and then the gay starts saying, you're just the best. You're the best. So it was... Oh, wait, you are the most okay, comical. Yeah. You are so funny. We love you. Clear that he was complimenting her before the camera came on, and her response was, no shit. Like, I don't queen. know. I'm just like, no, no shit. And then, oh, the caption was happy pride. 
<laughs> I mean, that all kind of fits, actually. The problem is, I think she's always searching for, like, she always needs a very specific persona. Yeah. And, like, her persona was, like, I'm a wife again, which is, like, not a very exciting persona. And then we saw how that went. She takes on these characters that are just and now very her character is, like, rehab lady. And, like, she's responsible. Rehab lady mixed with Etta James. Well, now I think she's, like, progressing it. And she's like, oh, I'm a serious artist now. Like, I've learned from my trauma. Yeah, and I, look, I love Lou. I'm, I live, laugh, Lou. I just... I, I feel like she's taking this jazz thing a bit too far. Now she's touring everywhere, which I said I wanted, but, but now we're I'm not giving sure. her money for it. I know we're I paid, paying for it. I paid one hundred and twenty-five dollars per ticket. <laughs> I had a friend, a mutual friend of ours, whose name I won't say during this, who on Cinco de Mayo attempted to get me to go to the show with his husband because he didn't want to go so badly. <gasps> oh yeah, I saw them there. Yeah, I saw them there. <laughs> Now, I should also mention you're a Roni fan, and you told me before we started recording that you started to lose your voice because... Because on Sunday, I was running around with my friends, and I kept screaming at people, Bethany, you don't support other women! (laughs) (laughs) To the point where my best friend got infuriated with me and refused to speak to me for several hours. Where were you at that you were... So I did a number of bars, a private pool party, my friend's home, and Soho House. So you're Team Carol. I think I'm Team Carol right now. Right. Because Bethany is being so grating. Mm. But I kind of also see Bethany's point. And I also feel like there was a moment last night that was like in passing where Bethany was just like, it's like Carol and I can't quite connect. Like maybe this friendship is passing. And I was like, that seems like the way normal people evaluate things like this. Yeah. Yeah. But I like that you were you were spreading the good word. I mean, Bethany doesn't support <laughs> other women. She has and the Paul audacity. Everyone was getting her dog hit by a car. <laughs> Bethany has the audacity. Um, okay. So let's talk about this week's episode. So. First of all, we started off with the previously on, and there was so much drama packed into that previously on. Like, it was insane. It was like, Luann got arrested. Bethany and Carol are fighting. There's no nutcracker. It was like so many things. I mean, more drama than making bad, Breaking Bad. You're a drama writer. I'm a drama writer, and these women are putting everyone to shame. Would any of this fly in a writer's room? I mean, I think it depends. I think what's interesting about these shows is, like, it's so situational. I always say to people, and I think I've heard you say this before, I don't really watch this because I'm, like, seriously emotionally invested. I watch it because it's the best comedy on television. Right, right. I always think comedy is, like, anything that's absurd or out of the norm is funny. And nothing these people do tracks with, like, the standards of civilized society. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) We open the episode, and it's Lou and Aston. And I got really sad because I'm watching season two right now for the Patreon stuff. And Aston is a baby. Like, she just Mm -hmm. gets him. And he looks so old. And it just made me so sad. I don't know. That's, like, (laughs) neither here nor there. Sad. (laughs) But we also see a timestamp, which I always love a (laughs) timestamp. But this week's timestamp was two days post-rehab. And that was... You got a shiver, right? I got a shiver. I got a shiver. I've been traveling. I've been to rehab. I've been everywhere. <laughs> she, Whatever she she's, says. she's going through her fridge, and she's like, there's lots of rosé in this fridge. And I wondered, it was. she said she had to get rid of it, but it's, I mean, clearly said two days post-rehab, so why didn't she get <laughs> rid of it? Hmm. I mean, it was still there. It was still there. She could have mailed it to me. I would have been fine with that. Uh, Dorinda comes over, and we learn that Ramona tried to get on Tom's boat on New Year's Eve. That was like, I mean, speaking of drama writing, that was like you're in, like, season six of Breaking Bad, and they show you, like, a flashback to, like, a random scene from season one, and you see a clue you've never seen. Like, they threaded (laughs) this, like, back into the narrative so expertly. I know. I couldn't believe that Ramona... I know. I did, too. I was shocked. And I couldn't believe that Ramona was trying to get on it. But then, the more I thought about it, though, do you think it was wrong of her? I think it was wrong of her. I think I can see how it happened, because I think from Ramona's perspective, she just was like, oh, whatever, I'll text this guy and see if I can get my friend in. Like, she kind of just doesn't, she's... 
so huh. inconsiderate to the point of being absurd. Yeah. So none of it was surprising. The other thing is like, I mean, we'll talk about this later maybe, but like everyone's reaction to it was just like, yeah, okay, it's Ramona. <laughs> like Ramona could like walk in the door, shoot your grandmother in the face. And five minutes later, they'd be like, yeah, that's how Ramona behaves. I love her. I think she was not in the right. Ramona, I also think yeah. the level, the general level of outrage at it was a little ridiculous, but then everyone was quickly just kind of like, Ramona, just like apologize. Like just say, I'm sorry for once. Yeah. Yeah. Ramona is sort of, harmless in a way, but also, you know, she just does the most outrageous things. But in terms of this situation, I thought, you know, she was with Tom before Luann. Mm-hmm. And then it is sort of weird or maybe hypocritical or something to say like, oh, Ramona, I can't believe you wanted to go on Tom's boat. And it's like, Lou, you didn't even invite her to the wedding. Like if you're trying to say now so your friend. So let's call a spade a spade. <laughs> a spade a spade. You know? So it's like, are you friends? If you want to say that we're friends, it's like then treat, you, you both have to treat each other like a friend. Also in this scene, like when they were just introducing it, at Luann's house, uh, Dorinda came in and she said, Ramona's a slob kebab. Yeah, I'm, that felt like an attempt at a new meme gone awry. Yeah. I rewound it like three times and I was like, what did she just say? Slob kebab. <laughs> it's going to be on a pillow or a t-shirt. We're so. like, talk about a real slob kebab or whatever. I know, Dorinda, and I love Dorinda too, but it's like, do you think her catchphrases are real? <laughs> I mean, I think they're real in the sense that I think she's so wasted she's blurting them out. <laughs> Like, I think the decorated, I cooked, I made it nice. That was real. Yeah, yeah. Because she was out of her mind at that moment. Yeah. This felt real force. I'm not, I don't think I'm going to be on board with this, which means in two weeks, I'm going to lose my voice screaming slob kebab. Slob kebab. <laughs> it is a really good line. <laughs> slob kebab. So then we, the girls are all going to the spa. They're having a spa weekend. And we see the girls all driving there. It's Carol, Tinsley, and Ramona driving. It's Dorinda and Lou. And then it's Bethany and Sonia. Uh, this Bethany and Sonia I was thing. just about to cut yeah. in and say that. Please cut in. What? No, I just find the Bethany and Sonia thing so strange. Right. It's like, oh, I guess we're the last two standing. Yeah. Like, they, it literally reads like some kind of a weird, like, backdoor alliance. And I don't... I don't buy it at all. I no. mean, it, we've never seen Bethany very, very receptive to Sonia no. until now when she doesn't have anyone else to kind of and latch on to. I feel like if Bethany is irritated by the fact that Carol, like, dyed her hair lighter and it took a selfie, <laughs> how is she putting up with Sonia for any length of time? I know. Like, there's no way. The scene of them, we'll get to later, when they were doing the face mask, it was very cute. But when I saw them in the uh, car together, I just thought, ugh, gross. They're, I feel like they're trying to force us this It friendship. feels like a new force alliance. Yeah. So, and also we hear the story about Luann, the arrest story. This was like a, I don't even know. It was like all these stock characters. We got like the polo player, the jazz singer. <laughs> like a game of Clue. Yeah, literally. Yeah. It turned out it was like the countess in room 305 <laughs> with the Blackberry. I, again, I love Luann, so I hate that I'm talking badly about her, but... Something about this whole arrest thing in the past week or two has rubbed me the wrong way because I feel like she's she is laughing about it, which again, you have to laugh at your kind of the shit that you go through yes. in life, right? But I don't know if it's like because of all the police brutality news or something where I'm like, this wouldn't fly if this was a <laughs> Oh, there's no way. I mean like I don't know, it just rubs of, me the wrong way. There were a couple moments in this episode, especially where like she was like, oh, I, I saw how people get lost in the system. Right, right. And I was like, did you? I think you spent a night in a cell. <laughs> she said, I felt what it's like to be stuck in that system. And it's like, oh, my God, Lou. Like, no, hon, is- like, you're a rich white lady who got bailed out, <laughs> went to court, got told you were being charged with some felonies, then went to your fridge full of rosé and then to the spa. I know, I know, I know. It's just like, it just, oh, it's kind of I know, cringy. it felt a little icky. I agree. Yeah, and I, again, I love Lou, and I want her to be, I want her to make light of the situation. I just don't like that. 
I don't know. And I also I think just, you can laugh at I was so ridiculous. I can't believe that was me. Yeah. Wow, this story's insane without kind of like downplaying the severity of the situation or other people's situations. Yeah. And really it was all because of her allergies. She was supposed to stay at her friend Julie's house, but she had Julie's a cat, cat. allergy. <laughs> so, and you know what I wrote in my notes? I get that. I have a severe cat allergy and I couldn't stay anywhere with a cat. I don't know that I'd go to the hotel that I was due to get married <laughs> or got married in. Yeah, there's. I mean, like this is a series of questionable choices. Yeah, yeah. Um, but she's laughing about this. And the thing that sort of struck Lou the most was that she got a bologna sandwich. <laughs> and and there was a mustard packet inside it. <laughs> she couldn't believe that there was mustard inside. <laughs> it was always like a dead fish hanging out of her mouth. <laughs> I know. It was gross. And I wonder what that guy looked like, the guy that she was escaping to the hotel. The Do, we know? Do we know what he looked like? Well, he was reported to be in his 20s, but he's really closer to their age. That's what she said. Oh, yeah. that's what she said? I missed she that. She told Dorinda, she's like, well, all the, all the stories said he was in his 20s, but really, he's our age. I'm like, what oh polar player is 55 years old? I know. I want to know what he looked like. I mean, if he was hot, I would forgive all of this. <laughs> I mean, I think, yeah, I don't know. So they get Her to, taste is questionable. I know, I know. I like when she's hooking up with the young hot men. So they get to the spa, and it looks beautiful. <laughs> the, excuse me. The thing that made me laugh the most was right when they got there, Dorinda cheersed her. <laughs> like immediately after being like, can you give her some pink dye for her sparkling water? So it looks okay. Also, can we talk about the fact that when they showed up, I don't know if this was like a shady move or what. Dorinda was actually dressed as the Nutcracker. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> she literally looked like the Nutcracker. I know. I was thinking that too. It must have been shady. Too. I think it was shady because here's why. Because before Bethany got there. Dorinda was like, oh, I hear Bethany coming. And then she like ran to the room and, and came put back the hat the on. Yes. <laughs> it's like totally intentional, right? It she, felt deeply intentional. She was in Nutcracker cosplay. Yes. Like, for Bethany's arrival. And, and Bethany didn't notice. No. Much like it, she didn't notice that Dorinda got the Nutcracker in the first place. So. <laughs> so it was so bizarre. I don't know what's going on with Dorinda, but I, again, I love her. But she cheers Luann and then she, yeah, of course... Asked for pink dye for Luann's drink. That's disgusting. And so when Bethany saw, when Bethany arrived at the spa, she told Dorinda that she looked like a beef eater. And <laughs> <laughs> Which is not incorrect. What's a beef eater? Beef eater okay, gin. Like, have you ever seen that, that bottle? I mean, there's a backstory to it, but like, there's a figure on the bottle mm-hmm. that I believe looks not unlike a nutcracker. I didn't know this. Yeah. I like literally did not know what she was talking about. I'm going to see if I can find this whilst yeah, we sit here. Please find it. So then <laughs> we, one of my favorite moments was when Bethany gave the girls gift bags. <laughs> I know where this is going. It reminded me of one of the most iconic moments of all time on The Real Houses of New York when she gave Kelly Ben Simone a skinny girl gift bag oh on Scary Island. That Do you remember iconic. that? And Kelly, Kelly thought Bethany was trying to kill her with this gift bag. And then she called. Wait. Oh, you found the picture. Yeah. Yeah, it's I like that. some. I don't. I, I'm gonna expose how stupid I am now. Yeah, so that looks. I don't really know what the origin of the beef eater figure is, but it's some kind of British. So everyone look a beef eater. That's what Dorinda looked like. like a red coat and that <laughs> black hat. hat. But she was wearing more of a nut ca- nutcracker, like yeah, from by way of Russia hat. <laughs> she did look like that. So everyone Google beef eater. But so back to Kelly Ben Simone. <laughs> All roads lead back to Kelly Ben Simone. Uh, yes, <laughs> mostly the roads of New York so, that she's jogging through in the middle of traffic. <laughs> 
Oh my God, I love Kelly. <laughs> but in season three, when they went to Scary Island, Bethany gave them those gift bags. And it was like the best moment because Kelly thought she was trying, Bethany was trying to kill her. And it was literally just a gift bag of Skinny Girl merch <laughs> and called Jill. And it's like the most amazing phone call in the history. Cause she's just like, Jill, I feel like she's trying to kill me. She gave me a gift bag. <laughs> so I just love that I was reminded of it. And these gift bags in this week's episode didn't have a Skinny Girl logo. I was stunned that there was not a single product plug involved in that. Right. We were all shocked. Talk about shockwaves through the nation. Although you know she was like formulating Skinny Girl's spa kit as, mm-hmm. as that scene played out. Yeah, those face masks that she did in the room with Sonia. Mm-hmm. I bet you she did that scene so that she could come out with her own skin mm-hmm. face mask. Meanwhile, the only thing Sonia cared about was the paper from the gift bag. <laughs> she saved the tissue paper. Like, I get that. You know, I save my, like my grandma used to do, I save tinfoil. And I found I started to do that. Like if I have leftovers in the fridge with tinfoil on it and I finish them, I'll fold up the tinfoil. It's like really dark and I'm not proud of it. Are you putting other food in the tinfoil later? I mean, it's only if it's like covering if it's covering a bowl, so it's not okay. touching the food directly. Okay. Oh, then I'll save it and use it again. Like I'm not at all proud of it. Would you put it like in a drawer? Yeah, in a drawer. I'm ashamed of it. And, but you won't stop. <laughs> but I won't stop. Okay. My grandma used to do it, so I understood when Sonia was saving that paper. You know, times are tough. She's a townhouse full of crap. Like she doesn't need paper. She's got <laughs> enough. She can put it on her bed and lay in the middle of it. <laughs> So soon, uh, Sonia and Bethany arrived to the spa, and then Sonia, did you catch that moment where Sonia was just staring Lou in the eyes? <laughs> no. <laughs> Sonia literally just like locked eyes with oh, Lou. It was where she goes, like, I want to look in your eyes. Yeah, she's like, yeah. I'm going to look in your eyes. And then she says, we've all been headed this way. <laughs> I was like, truer words like, have never been spoken. <laughs> is, these girls are all having a come to Jesus moment with Luann's arrest because they're all like this. I don't remember when this happened in the episode, so I'll just throw it in now. Yeah. There was one point they were reflecting on the arrest, and Duran goes, well, we've all been much quieter lately, <laughs> says the woman who lit her face on fire three weeks ago on purpose. Dorinda Dur- just add a flashback to when she lit her face on fire Didn't at the Berkshires. Didn't her. <laughs> Didn't feel it. She's like, this is quiet for you people? She probably needed to, you know, put some cucumbers on those at the spa on her burn marks. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't even notice. Oh, yeah. Sonia, I wonder what Dorinda felt at the moment she heard that Luann was arrested. Do you think she got diarrhea right away? Um, no, I feel like she didn't even think about it as it might pertain to her. Yeah. So it's just slowly seeping in, you think? Yeah. Like slowly but surely she starts to think like, this could be me. Well, as Bethany told her in the most sensitive of terms, you were drunk. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> when Sonia was looking in Luann's eyes and she was saying, you like, I've always I've been, I'm able to see you, Lou. And she was acting like they were so like in sync and close and everything. I just thought, like, Sonia wasn't even invited to Luann's wedding. (laughs) And the only significant interaction I really remember them having, and this is probably me just having a selective memory, is Sonia constantly bringing up the fact that she slept with Luann's husband prior to (laughs) Luann marrying him. Oh, this whole thing has been just for the ages. a beautiful journey. (laughs) Do you remember that season? I don't know. It was like a few seasons ago when they did like a fake thing with Harry where they were fighting over Harry. Yes. And it was so, it felt so not and real. And no one could even really commit to the fighting. Yeah, it was he like. He just kind of kept popping up and they'd mention it and then it was like, <laughs> oh yeah, he's here again. Yeah, and then like season ended where it was like, he was, he had proposed to Sonia and then, you know, it was revealed that he proposed to her and the same night he proposed, he went home with Luann. <laughs> 
<laughs> felt like so outlandish and not real. <laughs> then they got like a real version of that with Tom. Yeah. So they're all sitting around talking about their holidays. And Luann says, everybody's holiday was better than mine. <laughs> I just thought, yeah. Well, yes, that's accurate. <laughs> yeah. And these these white women just keep laughing about this arrest. It's very, it's a little insensitive. You know, I know we talked about that, but. It's um, not the most woke thing I've ever heard. No. And Tinsley was just worried about her Google rank. <laughs> you know what? Tinsley, I got to say, she didn't get a lot of focus in this episode. <laughs> I always thought Sonia was the obvious, like, Grey Gardens candidate. That Uh scene at the bridal shop, it's Mm. Tinsley. Yeah, yeah. She's going to be 70 years old, crying with her, like, frozen embryos. Her hair is still in those, like, damn curls, wearing a baby doll dress that has, like, mud all over it. Where do you land on Tinsley? Do you like her for the show? I don't dislike her. She's fine. I give her a lot of credit for randomly screaming, shut your mouth and shut your fucking legs that one time. Oh, yeah, that was good. That was funny. It had to do with nothing, but it was funny. Yeah. Um, Her moment to shine. That whole exploit in the bridal shop shook me to my core. Me too. I loved it. I thought it, it was, was like I such thought it was a great so scene. dark. I was uncomfortable. I mean, it was good TV. Yeah. But like sobbing over your frozen eggs. And then she, I think in the preview for next week, she tells Carol about the bridal shop. She's like, well, it wasn't a real wedding dress. I was like, mm. Oof. Yeah. And Carol's just like judging her. Is this guy still dating her? No, they're broken up. Okay. Thank God. That's what I, last I heard, they broke up. Of course they did. <laughs> of course they did. Guys, I've been like dumped for like, Texting back too fast. Yeah. If I were to go try on tuxes for a wedding. Oh, my God. It's really dark. So then we have uh, Ramona is laying it on so thick. This was amazing. To Luann. She just is like, I'm so proud of you. And whenever Ramona's laying it on that thick, it's like, you know, she's guilty of something. It's so obvious. It was true. And the comedy (laughs) in that scene was also Luann sitting there just like biting her tongue and waiting. Yeah. And Ramona just keeps going because you can see she's waiting for Luanne to, like, stop her. I loved it. She's just... Ramona just does not stop. Oh, I mean, I'm just... My girlfriend sustain me. Yeah, yeah. She was going on she's, and on. I didn't you know, know what she was I realized you need your yet. girlfriends. You just need your girlfriends in your life. You just need them. <laughs> Sonia rocks. Do you remember <laughs> Sorry. Um, it was truly out of control. And you could tell she was cognizant of the fact that she'd done something wrong. Yeah. Or at least when might I, have stepped on some toes. Whenever she acts like that, it's like she did something really bad. Yeah. And it's so obvious. It's like Ramona. See, that's what tipped me a little bit, too, to be like, no, Sonia did do something wrong. Or Ramona did do something wrong. Because mm-hmm. even she was aware that it was bad. Yeah. Or at least crossed a line. It was inappropriate. It was inappropriate. So they go to dinner, and I, I don't know if you caught this, but when they arrived at the location of the dinner, they like all were in a car. And when they got out of the car, chip bags I fell on the street. I was like, fell on the ground. I thought it was like a crumbled up flyer. It was bags of uh, chips. Were they and I thought, girl like, chips? No, but I thought like... Who? What is going on on their way to dinner? Like they couldn't hold it or something, so they had just chip back. It was like a road trip. I've definitely eaten chips on the way to dinner. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I got it. Who do you think was eating the chips? Not Sonia because she's vegan now, <laughs> so she probably was eating them actually. Yeah, yeah she probably was. Um, but it just made me laugh. There was just chip bags on the street. So then they get to the restaurant, and Ramona takes a picture, and this picture became like a, a point of contention later. But did you notice when they took the picture, no one had drinks yet? I actually didn't notice that, but it was right when they ordered their wines. That makes sense. The picture, I looked it up online yesterday after the episode. There were no, there was no wine in the glasses. So it it changes the whole thing a little bit. Right? I think so too, but they made it seem like there was, you know, that was an issue. they made a point of showing the picture being taken. Yeah. So they're at dinner and everyone's, uh, some people were getting drinks and then they start having a sex talk. And I love when the girls have a sex talk. It feels very sex in the city when they do it on Roni. And it was was oddly forced to me. Oh, I love it. Like, everyone just, like, looked up these terms on Urban Dictionary and decided to jump in. 
I loved it. Carol Did said, you learn something? Well, Carol said that nails grow when you are having sex, and I don't know if that's true. I was very unclear yeah, was, on what the implication was there. And then Bethany said something like, it's because you're not putting your finger up somebody's butt. Oh, did Bethany I think say Bethany that? slipped that in, and I was oh like, oh, Bethany. Ramona, it's like always 10 steps too far. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like last year, didn't they have, uh, they were on a vacation and they talked about anal for a yeah, while? Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. They also talked about music during sex, and Ramona said that she has a sex playlist. This was a cute little <laughs> montage, actually. I thought it was what, funny. It was cute, right? What do you think is on Ramona's sex playlist? Uh, I remember seeing a video of her singing along to Pitbull didn't on she, she named some song that was like a very current, ridiculous song, and I was like, yeah, sure, Ramona. Didn't she say she liked Al, Al Green or Marvin Gaye? Someone said that at some point. Yeah. Ramona also named a very contemporary song and I was like oh god was it Christina Aguilera no it was not Candyman <laughs> is she listening to Lotus <laughs> <laughs> nobody even knows what that is nobody ever heard that I'm so sad about Christina's album flopping have you listened I, to it I don't mind it Liberation yeah it's good I like it's it it's not a bad album I had no no even vague thought that it would do well yeah yeah but it's not embarrassing which is a step up from her last two to three efforts I know we're digressing for a second but uh, Liberation by Christina Aguilera is a good album <laughs> there's a song called Pipe on it that I like that would it's be a album. Pipe from Christina Aguilera's album would be on a sex playlist yes absolutely yeah. it's a good sex um, okay so Sonia said she doesn't need music she just said start me up wind me down flip me over I'm ready <laughs> which is the most Sonia thing ever said <laughs> Until it. we get to later in the episode, but I yeah. Love. And then it's revealed that Ramona texted Tom, and so this is kind of like that, Tom, this is that uh, Tom fight at the dinner table, and then Ramona at first kind of, she doesn't even say I'm sorry, but she sort of she explains herself, sorry. and then she just gets combative instead of just apologizing, she just gets combative. And again, I don't know that she's totally at fault, because I don't think her and Luann were that good of friends. I do get that there's like some girl code. I don't know. If- I think it was probably like a crappy thing to do, and she probably could have said... Hey, my friend was trying to get into this party. I texted Tom. I probably shouldn't have. It didn't work anyway, whatever. But Ramona has never taken the path of, like, least resistance or most common sense. Right, right. Instead, right. she walked into the house and was like, oh, Luann, you give me life. And like, <laughs> I mean, this, like 20 minute monologue. <laughs> uh, there was a commercial, too, right after oh, this God. bit. And I just need to say that there is that Las Vegas lesbian commercial. Oh, I like that it? commercial. It's it so makes cute. me cry. Yeah. yeah, it's a good commercial. I thought you were going to bring up the coupon cabin or whatever. No, what do you think of the coupon cabins, though? The idea of those three women, Dorinda, Carol, and Tinsley, doing anything together is kind of confusing to me. I also feel like they trick us because it's sort of similar music that they play mm-hmm. in on. Have you noticed that? And it's, so it's like I'll be in another room getting a snack, and then I'll hear that music. I'll be like, oh, the girls are back on. And then I rush back in. See, and I like, I, they, they get me with this every time. I'll stop the DVR because I'll like see Tinsley's face. Mm, yeah. And then I'm like, no, never mind. It's just like Tinsley pulling a receipt out of her bra. Yeah, hawk and coupons. Or whatever. Get your money, whatever. Hey, to store those eggs. Uh, so then we're back at the dinner table, and Ramona makes a joke that she invited Tom to her party. And when she did the joke, my jaw literally dropped. I thought it was definitely serious. Did oh, you think she sure. was kidding? Or did you no, think- it didn't read like a joke at all. Oh, my God. I like My jaw dropped, and then a couple seconds go by, and she finally said, like, no. It was a joke. But I feel but like maybe she, she actually did. invited Tom to a party. <laughs> yeah. And then was like, I'm going to see how this lands. I think she did too. I think she probably invited him and she's like, I'm going to just say it. And then she saw the response. And she's like, it was a joke. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, like, I, I don't would agree so. with you. I don't think it was. So then we get like kind of like a little pajama party. This is where Sonia saves the tissue paper and they do their their little face mask. And it was a cute it was little it's a cute little physical comedy was stuff. So in comparison to the last trip they took, so lucid <laughs> yes. and in control. <laughs> and Sonia was shaving her tongue. 
Which sounds about right. Yeah. And they did a flashback to Luann's water scene, which is like, of course, my favorite scene in history. But every week they keep doing this flashback. And so every week I'm forced to do my Luann impression. Are you going to do it? (laughs) I got to wait. Let me take a glass of water. (laughs) Water. (laughs) (laughs) The best thing about it is like when they, the audio is funny enough. But, like, as it happens on screen, the camera's, like, flying around frantically. There, you see, like, limbs flying out of the bedsheets. Bethany has the shakes. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, like, it looks like the camera just woke up wasted. And, like, I have never woken up drunk and immediately just shouted, Water! Water! <laughs> turns into a demon. Like, I've had the thought, like, where am I? What happened last night? No shit! <laughs> but, like, they keep showing it to the point it's so unnecessary. <laughs> I'm picturing Luann filming that raccoon again. That's how Luann was in jail, probably. No shit. When she woke up with no blanket. Baloney. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, they keep doing it every single week. And I hope they never stop. Honestly, I hope they never stop. It's honestly getting more play than like some of the actual iconic (laughs) moments in the show. So it's become iconic. I know. It's just they keep doing it every single week. And again, I love it. I love it. So then we're all sitting around. The girls are sitting in their pajamas, and we talk about Sonia's shoes, and she says, uh, you know, the family crest. She knows what she's doing in a way, but I'm never clear, like, how in on the joke Sonia is versus how much she's like, oh, this facet of my mental illness has become a talking point this season, (laughs) so I'm going to play it up. Like, her tagline being like, I'm more than a last name, I'm a legacy. I'm like, no, you're not. (laughs) You're literally not a member of that family anymore, legally. And she even said, I have a huge responsibility. I'm not letting the family down. And I thought, like, really? What have you been doing for the last seven years, first of all? You're letting them down every week on camera. I've seen you. We've seen her, like, fall over at the club. She's on TMZ. I've seen her, like, lifting up her skirt with no bloomers on. They've had to literally censor her vagina multiple times throughout the years, <laughs> like at her burlesque show or whatever. It's the like the only thing. I, the only way I would give any credence to this, I owe the family something thing is I forget often because she's not on camera that she has a child that's a member of that family. Yeah, yeah. That said, she's also not doing right by that child by no. anything she's done. No, no. I wonder what the family thinks of her. The Morgans. Do you think they're like she needs to get off TV? No, they're probably like okay, good. She's like busy. And leaving us alone. But this whole thing with the family crest is absolutely insane. You don't think she should use it? No, I think it's ridiculous. Yeah, I do too. I also think it's ridiculous that Dorinda has this, like, vendetta against, like, the (laughs) the difference between widowhood and divorce. I know. Did you see? Dorinda was just, like, glaring at Sonia during this moment. Like, when she heard family crest, it was like, Dorinda's just, her jaw clenched. And she got so fucking pissed. And she was just ready to pounce on Sonia. It's like, I don't really want to be wearing, like, a sensible woman's shoe that has a family crest on it. Mm -hmm. It's like a weird design choice. I mean, these women were all ready to fight Bethany. Once she saw Dorinda clenched up, Mm -hmm. she clenched up, and she's like, I'm going to get her. Yeah, oh yeah. (laughs) And then I think Carol was in the background clenched, and she didn't get her moment to shine, because she's too quiet. (laughs) Because, yeah, she couldn't cut, you can't butt in over those two. (laughs) Do you know, uh, side note, this is Carol's last summer this is we just oh, started yeah. oh i know we just started her last summer so she got one good congr- summer left congrats this is it carol Not last summer last good summer right <laughs> yeah so uh, she's gonna have many poor ones after this i know i know i hope she's you know enjoying her last summer i hope she makes the most of that sleeps with some hot guys or something she better uh but so dorinda really pounced on sonia at this moment and then bethany pounced on her back it was bethany was right when she said dorinda you have your husband's name I don't know. Well, it's, I think there's a difference between keeping your married name, especially when you're a parent of a child that has that name. I feel like that doesn't strike me as crazy. I think there also is a difference to keeping the name when you were widowed versus when you're divorced. 
Yeah. But it's also kind of like nobody's business. Like, you legally change your name. You don't have to change it back. Yeah. I think there's a world of difference between that and, like, slapping the family crest on some, like, cheap <laughs> shoes you got made <laughs> that may or may not actually exist. Uh. Sonia rocks. Do you remember <laughs> the flashback to Sonia's fashion show in Ramona? <laughs> She's, like, standing up during She's the She's definitely on show. something. Sonia rocks. <laughs> She's shaking. <laughs> Ramona's shaking. <laughs> uh, so then uh, the Lu- Luann gets a call from her publicist, and she said, my publicist called me, and I get scared when my publicist calls me. <laughs> And she was frightened because this Ramona posted this picture online of the girls at dinner. And again, it was an innocent picture. If you look it up, they had empty wine glasses. There was no alcohol in the wine glasses. And Luann never told Ramona not to post a picture. Like, well, that's what I was going to say. Like, there was all this hysteria over it. She could have actually just walked downstairs and been like, hey, Ramona, can you take that down? Like, yeah. I don't think the Palm Beach legal system is so... All over Instagram that they would have like seen Ramona's picture in six minutes. What do you make of these women all being in Palm Beach all the time? I'm very like, confused is, by it. Is that a, like a destination for women of their age? I think so. Is it? I think it's like how us like Los Angeles gays go to Palm Springs. Oh, right, right. Like, I think it must be the equivalent of that. West Palm Beach. Yeah, it's like every, every week we find out a new person was in West Palm Beach. I know. I feel like there's going to be a spinoff. Or there like, there have a, a lost season that we're going to see. I would love there to be a West Palm Beach episode or you know show it could be at the girl's house julie with the cats oh, she could, could be. be she could be like the center of it and i think jill's Aaron's there a lot that sounds about right right and then siggy i think from new jersey is there a lot maybe we have a spinoff there should be a like spin-off. an all-star season yeah there should be a spinoff so uh ramona's <laughs> response to it was we all looked good <laughs> she she didn't care also she's like we all looked so happy Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I think it's because you were maniacally like telling everyone how you need your girlfriend. <laughs> like all hell was about to break loose. <laughs> it was the beginning of the dinner when everyone's usually fine, except for the dinner that started with Dorinda stabbing herself. Yeah. Oh. Like usually they're always fine until like the drinks are served. It was a cute picture though. So it was a good episode. That's the end of the episode. And uh, again, I love it. The season I just think is so, so good. There have been, I swear to God, we're what, 11 episodes in, 10 episodes in? 12. I think we're 12. There have been, there's been the equivalent of four Beverly Hills seasons. Oh my God. Like it's insane how much has happened this season versus like Orange County last season or Beverly Hills last season. There's if this a- was Beverly Hills, We'd be talking about Ramona texting Tom for the next eight weeks. Ugh, no one's going to even mention it again. It really, like, when you compare them, I think it does, it, it's embarrassing for Beverly Hills. Like, Beverly Hills is so, and I know people like Beverly Hills and people are probably going to get mad at me for talking shit about it again, but nothing happened on Beverly Hills last season at all. And this season, like I said on the previous Leon, it's like we have jail, we have friendships, you know, breaking, like, genuine friendships breaking apart. We have, you know. People betraying each other. We have nutcrackers. We have, you know, Luann demanding water. <laughs> water. <laughs> I mean, it's just so much we is happening. We have a happening. murder mystery dinner that murder. just abruptly ended in a way that I didn't really understand. Costume parties. I mean, there's just so much happening. And Beverly Face Hills. Face is being set on fire. Did you hear the rumor this week that Brandy is returning to Beverly Hills? No, oh, I don't know how I feel about that. I, You know, I wanted it. I was, like, all for it. I'm like, we need Brandy back to stir up some shit. And then Brandy kind of, like, did more things that are just genuinely Brandy. Did you see her Father's Day post or whatever <laughs> yeah. on social media? That was the bleakest thing I've ever seen. I just, like, I, there's something very dark. The only way I really want Brandy back is if they can get Leanne Rimes, too. Oh, I know my dream. Because I dream. know that I'm probably a bad person for wanting to see this happen on television. No. But it would be an absolute do. disaster. Yeah. How do I live without it? I need it. I want to know. <laughs> I yeah, I've been saying that for the years, but we definitely need someone of Brandy's nature. We need, you a know, we need someone to like move the drama ahead. Like I hate Dorit, 
But Dorit was the only reason there was even a show. They would not have had enough material to fill 13 episodes. No, if I If Dorit know, hadn't been late to that one meeting at Plan Check. <laughs> I didn't like where they were going on Beverly Hills last season. They were all going to places like we would go to. I know. I, there were m- many times where I was like, oh, I've gotten in a fight there. Yeah, like go I Go get in a fight somewhere I can't go. I don't want to see them at Planet Dailies or, like, <laughs> <laughs> or the Cheesecake Factory or something. You know, like, <laughs> don't go to the Grove. They're the definitely w- going to be at, like, Italy next season. <laughs> The one episode they were at, was it Tart across from yep. the Grove? And it's like, I don't want to see the Beverly Hills woman near the Grove. Like, they shouldn't even be in the same vicinity as the Grove. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, and next season we are. We're going to see Meta Chipotle. Yeah. We're going to Blaze Pizza in the farmer's market. <laughs> to Reed's late to Blaze Pizza. <laughs> Could you imagine? Like, we're going to, okay, girls are all going to go build our own pizzas at Blaze. <laughs> I'm only watching that if someone actually climbs in the pizza oven. <laughs> I know, but so they need someone. And what would you do to New York? Speaking of like casting, we're halfway through New York, just about, which is shocking. I don't know that I would change much. Uh, I had Stu on, my friend Stu on last week, recapping with me. And he was like, oh, we're at the end of the season, right? Of New York. And I was like, no, we're like halfway half. through. Like we're only halfway through. We still have the whole boat trip. I w- here's the thing. They're doing so well, even Tinsley, in terms of like chemistry with the group. That I don't think I would want to futz around with it either. Yeah. And wind up with like another Jules. Yeah. We're gonna get Cindy Barshop back. <laughs> Cindy was the worst. Cindy was the real low point. Cindy was the, like the low point of the series. Yeah. It was like when they were like mid reboot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all she could talk about was like those children that might have been fathered by her brother <laughs> and her like vajazzling business or whatever. <laughs> Although she did give us one of the greatest scenes, which was Sonia telling her that there's a pecking order. Oh, that was good. <laughs> Sonia, Sonia, like that was when we thought Sonia was more regal. Do you remember her? Like when Sonia seemed like she might have some like element of class to her. <laughs> yes. And then we started to learn. That was when the cracks of Sonia started to come through. And then she's like, you know, there's a pecking order, Cindy Parshup. Cindy, Cindy was just the worst. Though. Cindy was weirdly like to me, like almost a pre-Carol, like not in the way that I didn't really like her, but like until Car- until the season, I keep being with Carol, like. Are you too normal to be doing this to yourself? Right. Like, you seem, like, too capable of, like, logic and reason Mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. be in the middle of this. And I think she just, like, got rid of those things so she could stay on the show. Is there anyone you would bring back from the past? Would you bring Jill back? I think enough time has passed. I think Jill is such a... She's a catalyst who has a lot of history with these women. So we're not going to have to watch the awkward, like... Intro. Oh, here's my friend Miranda who's been at all these parties for seven years that I'm just going to make a big point of talking to now. Yeah. The scenes at Bobby's funeral, I thought... They made me kind of want to see more of the Jill and Bethany. Right. Because I feel like the story could move forward. Because I think when Jill left, it was it had stagnated. Yeah. Nothing knew it was going to happen. But do you think Bethany will be back? I don't think she will. She unfollowed everyone on social media, even Loanne, who she was close hmm. with. I don't know if she followed him back, but there was a point, and I did hear rumors that her and Luann are not friends anymore, but maybe they made up. I mean, honestly, the one thing I could see happening is that Bethany, she's not getting a good edit this season. I don't think she's getting a, a purposefully bad edit. I think she's getting an edit based on what actually happened. Yeah. And she doesn't look great. She doesn't look like a terrible person, but she doesn't look <laughs> the way I think she wants to look. So I could definitely see her being like, oh, I came up badly. I'm leaving it. I don't need this. Yeah. And I don't think I would necessarily, I think she brings something to the show. I don't mm-hmm. think the show would fall apart without her. Everyone else uh, is out You know, I just have to say real quick when we're going to wrap this up, but I just want to say that justice for Heather Thompson, <laughs> I think Heather was better than people give her credit for. People hate on Heather, and I think she was a good housewife. What, I think she was a good housewife. I never reminded her being there. I thought she was kind of annoying at times, but like annoying in a way that I got some easy go-to jokes out of. Right. So it's fine. Holla. Holla. <laughs> I always just think, you know, she gets hated on, and you know what? Justice for Heather Thompson. Michael, thank you so much for joining thank me. You for this was me. so this fun. Where amazing. can people find you on social media? 
I'm on Twitter. It's um, Michael Ross, but it's M-Y-K-L-E-R-A-U-S. So it's spelled like... Uh, it's basically spelled phonetically because I can never get my name in anything. What Same the, I handle wish, on Instagram. <laughs> I wish the girls would spell their name like that, like like L-O-O. Maybe they should. <laughs> Honestly, if I had ever been able to get my name on anything ever, I wouldn't have started doing that 10 years ago. Yeah, you have to And check. now I think I probably could come up with a version of my real name. Yeah. But everyone knows this one, so I just go with it. So everyone follow Michael on social media. You could find out about all his new projects and everything coming up. Michael, I love you so much for doing this. Thank I love you. you too. Thank you. Everyone find me on social media. Rate and review this podcast if you like it. Only if you like it. I'm emotionally unstable. <laughs> Baloney. <laughs> Baloney. There we go. <laughs> okay. All right. I love you guys. Thank you. love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 